Hi, I'm Jill. And I'm Erin. You're listening to Banter and Dish Podcast. We'll share relatable stories and recipes with a hint of humor and a dash of delight. I like it. (laughs) Welcome to Banter and Dish Podcast. Whether you've been with us from the beginning or this is your first time listening, thank you so much for joining us. The format of the podcast is that we banter for a bit, then chat about an easy dish. And today's recipe is halushki. This episode is being recorded on August 1st, 2021, and will be available for you to stream on August 12th. If you've already voted for us for best podcast in the Pittsburgh City Papers Best of Pittsburgh Readers poll, thank you. And if you haven't voted yet, we would really appreciate your vote and you can vote until August 31st. Erin is on assignment and wasn't able to record with us this week, so I have Darcy with me as a guest host. And if you're a longtime listener, you will probably remember Darcy from the episode titled Nami Walks, Darcy Talks. So Darcy, welcome back. I'm so happy to have you record with me this week. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to fill in for Erin. I'm not as funny as her, but I will do my best. When you're with me, you're funny. We've talked <laughs> well, about that. <laughs> at least I know you find me funny, so there's that. <laughs> yes, yes. We crack each other up. Yes. As you heard, I said Aaron is on assignment. I just want to explain that a little bit. Lloyd had that idea after the last week when I recorded with him and we were listening and I just said Aaron couldn't record this week. And he's like, you should say she's on assignment like they do on the news channels. So guys, when Aaron can't record or when I can't record, one of us is on assignment and you'll know that that's what that means. So anyway. <laughs> I thought it sounded kind of mysterious, but thanks for explaining. Yes. <laughs> well, we'll be happy when she's back. Yes. So Darcy, how's your summer going? What's up? Summer is going great. I'm very excited about upcoming vacation in August. Just really enjoying the backyard and the weather and being outdoors. What about you? How's your summer going? It's gone well. I did a road trip with my parents and my daughter. So that was, you know, exciting and interesting and fun and funny. And you hit a lot of states in that road trip, didn't you? We did. I was in six states in one day coming back from Maine down to the Pittsburgh area. So that was exciting and also a little trying to be in the car for 12 hours. Well, I hope you got a chance to take in the scenery along the way and enjoy yourself. Yeah, it is beautiful up in the New England states up there. Very pretty. Lots of, well, we have a lot of hills and stuff here too, but it's just a little bit different. You know, have you been? I've never been to Maine, but one of my dearest friends, Chris is her name, and I think she is a listener. She lives there and is really wanting me to come out and have some fun in Maine and see how beautiful it is, especially I've heard in the fall. Oh, in the fall. I'm sure it's absolutely gorgeous. That's what I thought when we were driving up there. But I had never been to Maine either. And I feel like, you know, sometimes you put something out there and the universe is like, here you go. And just about maybe a week or two before my parents invited me along on this road trip, I said, said to Lloyd, I've never been to Maine and I really want to go. And then my parents were like, hey, we're going up to, you know, New Hampshire area. And they're like, and then we're going to stop in Maine. Do you want to come? And I was like, wow, that is so weird when things work out that way. Law of attraction. We always talk about that. Yes. And I'm a firm believer. So I feel like I manifested somehow my Maine trip this summer. Oh my gosh. That just (laughs) reminds me. I manifested something that came to my yard last night. Oh, really? 
Tell me. I had some visitors in my backyard. Okay. I'll give you a hint. They are one of the top five most intelligent animals. Wait. Do you have any guesses? I do have a guess, but I'm sure I'm wrong. Well, let's hear it. I know that pigs are very intelligent, but please tell me you didn't manifest a pig into your backyard. I would love that, but no, it wasn't a pig. <laughs> and we can rule out the monkey family, right? Right. Because chimps and orangutans are really intelligent, but they're not in Southwestern PA. We have a lot of deer here, but I I don't think that they're one of the top five intelligent, plus your yard is fenced in, so they would have had to jump the fence. So I feel like it's maybe a smaller animal. We do get deer, actually. They do jump the fence. Do they? They do jump the fence, but no, it wasn't deer. And you can also rule out sea life because <laughs> octopus and whales and dolphins are highly intelligent. I am so fascinated by octopus. I could watch countless documentaries on them. I know, me too. Same. But that was not in your yard last night? No, and I don't think I'd want to have a run-in with an octopus in the sea either, but I am fascinated by them. And this is what brings me to the whole law of attraction that you manifested your trip to Maine. Yeah. My daughter is very fascinated with crows. My daughter Corinna is oh, 17. Okay. And I saw one on a walk a few weeks ago with my dog. And I said, hey, I saw a crow. And she was telling me, did you know crows are highly intelligent? They can recognize humans. Yes. They can actually form bonds with humans. They can yeah. count, hence the counting crows. And so I started to joke, like, we need to make friends with these crows. Right. But they don't really visit my yard. They're not one bird I've seen very often. And this week I started to see some families of crows in my yard. Oh, wow. And last night, Jill, about six o'clock, I was sitting outside on my patio and I saw not one, not two, but nine huge black crows on my pear trees. Oh my goodness. For a while. Wow. But nine of them on the pear trees. And I decided... I should introduce myself to them, right? I want to become friends. Yes, and form a bond. <laughs> and form a bond. I was <laughs> super excited. So I made my way there on the very far end of my yard. And I started to walk toward them. And Dax, my dog, joined me. And it was so cute because he usually jumps everywhere, but he was really ginger and really slow. Like he knew something was happening. Oh, wow. But as I got up to the tree, with great fanfare, they all flew off very loudly wow. at the same time. So it was like a very dramatic. I wish you would have been videotaping that. I had my phone in my hand too. Oh, that would have been awesome. And they haven't come back yet that I've seen. They will. But it was a start. Yeah. I just thought it was weird that my daughter and I have been talking about making friends with crows and they're super intelligent. And yeah. now they're coming to my yard. So that was kind of fun. That's exciting. You you know what last or it was Thursday night actually we were in the kitchen getting dinner ready and I look out and on the roof of the house across the street at first I thought it was an owl just perched up on the top of their roof yes but it was actually a falcon wow it just sat there for a very long time we have very large birds that fly around my house a lot thank goodness you don't have a tiny dog are you a bird person? Like, do you oh, yeah. like to watch birds? Do you have bird feeders in your yard? Things like that? I don't have bird feeders, but not because I don't want them. I'm just too lazy to ever, you know, get it all together. <laughs> <laughs> but Lloyd is a huge bird person. Is he? He used to have pet birds. Wow. I don't want pet birds because he wants pet birds, but he wants them to fly around the house, you know, without like a diaper on. And I don't want a bird flying around my house pooping all over the place. So I've said no to the pet birds, but he would love to get a pet bird. I feel like if you put up some bird feeders and bird baths, like I do, like I feel like I attract so many birds to my backyard. Yeah. Unfortunately, right now, I don't know if you've heard there's a bird virus. Yes. 
everybody in PA had to remove their bird feeders. Yes. So I've been very sad lately because I haven't gotten as many birds in my yard. Yeah. So the crows were definitely a bright spot for me because I was very sad to have to take down all of my bird baths and bird feeders. Yeah, I did hear that. And I mean, I didn't have to take anything down. But yeah, once maybe the bird virus goes away, I will seriously think about it and then probably not do it anyway. (laughs) I'll remind you of it. It's worth it. Yes, I sit outside on the patio and just so many songbirds all congregate and it's really fun to watch them. Yeah, I do love birds. That kind of reminds me, I mean, not at all, but when I went out in the backyard many years ago, we had something that must have burrowed under the ground because I took my little tiny dog that I had at the time out into the backyard. A good chunk of the yard was dug up. Groundhog. The topsoil was just kind of lifted, but lifted in several chunks. Like you could tell something had been digging back there. It was actually, it felt almost alien. It was very unnerving. It was like, almost like in a horror film where you walk out in the back and you're like, oh my God, you know? Wow. That was really weird. And that happened often for a while. Did you ever see the animal? No, I don't know what it was, but we did have also skunks spraying in the backyard. I don't know if skunks burrow like that. I don't know. I've had groundhogs and they were digging a lot of holes in our yard and my husband wanted to get rid of it. We actually um, caught it in a cage. Yeah. I put food in the cage and I found him in there. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. He was so cute. And I felt horrible because he was so scared. Yes. But I took him to a piece of land and I released him. And a week later, he was back. Oh, yeah. There were so many. It might have just been one of his friends. No, no, no. It was the same one. Okay. I'm telling you. Did you tag him? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I had a picture of him. I'm pretty sure he was the same one. But ultimately, he did leave. But he did try to dig up our yard quite a bit. I have a fun fact about groundhogs. When they are scared, they will climb a tree. Really? And I know this for 100% sure because... We used to have two trees in the backyard that we had removed at one point because the one was dying. But anyway, my dog, Lucky, chased a groundhog up into the tree. You're kidding me. (laughs) No, because we have groundhogs that come in the yard all the time and she's always chasing them. And the one time I went out and she's just like barking up at the tree and I thought there were birds because birds would build nests up in there and then she would just like bark and jump and bark and jump and she's just not coming back. She's barking and jumping. I thought it was a bird. So I finally went out to look. I think I have a picture. I will have to see if I can find it and I can post it on the social media. There's a little groundhog on the one branch up in the tree just like hanging there. Wow. (laughs) I have never seen that. Yes. I did not think that it could actually happen. I thought this was a fluke thing. So I Googled it and it turns out that if they are scared, they will climb a tree. Yeah, definitely post that. And I'll post a picture of my captured groundhog. Yes. (laughs) My poor little captured groundhog that was so scared, but I did release Uh, it. So yeah, there's a lot of fun wildlife here. You know, we may not be on Naked and Afraid, but we do encounter the wildlife here in southwestern Pennsylvania in our own backyards. We enjoy it from the <laughs> privacy of our patio. We don't <laughs> spend the night with them. No. That's one of the reasons my backyard and my back patio is my favorite place to be. It's like my happy place because it's private, yeah. but it does attract a lot of wildlife. And I just really enjoy that. We have a lot of rabbits around here. Do you have a lot of rabbits? Not a ton, but I do see them bouncing around the backyard. Yes. Almost every time we pull a car into the driveway, there's there's two or three rabbits just hopping around, greeting us. My in-laws live across <laughs> the street and she gets a ton of rabbits and they eat her gardens. Mm-hmm. None of our wildlife eat my vegetable gardens because I have a trick. 
And that is I put onions around the periphery of every vegetable garden. Wow. And I've never had an issue with animals eating my vegetables. I do want to plant a garden in the backyard. That's a great idea because I thought, how am I going to keep out the groundhogs and the rabbits and all these other things that I know are in my area? I see them all the time. But I will try that if I finally do plant a garden someday. I'll put onions all around it. It really works. I mean, my mother-in-law is the one that taught me that and she's still having the rabbit problem. But I think it's because I use a lot more onions. Like I literally- Just row it like a fence of onions. And not so much a fence, just put them around there and they don't like the smell, I guess. I do. But now I'm to the point where I have to pick the onions. So we're having onions like every day. We're grilling them. Mm -hmm. The recipe we're going to talk about, I use them. But I have a lot of onions right now that need picked. What type of onion? They're candy onions. So they're like a green onion. So there's the green sprout, but they get really big and round and they're very sweet. Mm, That sounds good. But then once you pick them, do the rabbits or whatever then start to go into your garden? I think because I have so many of them that no, like they're getting to the point where they're so big, they're like popping out of the ground. Like I have to pick them. The rabbits will stay away still? My gardens are dwindling down a little bit. Like my lettuce garden is just about done for the season. Okay. Um, So I picked all of those onions and my cucumbers I think are just about done. Yeah. So at this point I have to start picking the onions. Do you pickle your cucumbers at all? I've never done that. That would be good though. Do you? No, I mean, I don't. But my cousin, she has gardens for her family and stuff. And the other day she posted about how she had an abundance of cucumbers and she'd like pickled, I don't know, nine jars of cucumbers or something. And her kids loved it. And they were just like eating them right out of the jar, the slices. She just like sliced them up. I should do that. I was producing about a dozen cucumbers a week for a while there. So I should have done that. I was making a lot of cucumber salads. I eat salads every day to begin with. Yeah. Corinne and I can actually just slice and eat cucumbers as a snack. Like we love cucumbers. Yeah. But that was a lot of cucumber. Oh yeah. I pickle my onions. Darcy, pickle your onions. Wait, how do you pickle? Like I don't, I've never pickled anything. How do you do it? Okay. Get a mason jar or just a jar with a lid. I put in as much onion as I have that I'm pickling at the time. Then I put a third of that as the vinegar, whatever type. I mean, I probably wouldn't use balsamic, but I use apple cider, but you could use white, I'm sure. (laughs) And then um, fill the rest with water. I put in maybe a teaspoon of sugar. I put in five like peppercorns, the round ones, not ground. I put in a bay leaf. And sometimes I put in some garlic, like minced garlic. Yum. Put the lid on, shake it up, sit it in the fridge, and they're just delicious. I should do that. I still have probably about 10 cucumbers in my fridge right now. Do that with your cucumbers. Yeah, and you do can that. do that with your onions too. It's great on salad. I have everything you just said in stock and I have yes. bay leaves in my herb garden. So yes. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're we're all going to be pickling. <laughs> Listeners, what do you like to pickle? We want to know. And speaking of pickling, I walked past in Monroeville Community Park West and they have pickleball courts up currently. So you can also, you know, pickle your stuff and then go play pickleball at the <laughs> at the park. Sounds fun. Which park is that? <laughs> West where the farmers market is. Oh. Yeah. They do so much activity out there. Yeah, it's a great park. We like to walk over there. All right. So this week I got off the hook on cooking, although I am going to make this recipe and Lloyd is very excited for me to make it because, you know, he loves a good halushki. And Darcy, why don't you take it away? Tell us about the halushki you made. Right. I've been eating this all of my life. And I think a lot of people that live in at least Southwestern Pennsylvania probably have too. Yeah. But it came to my attention because I travel a lot for work, at least before the pandemic, that a lot of people have never heard of halushki. Yes. 
<laughs> and and then Gary Golding said that a few weeks ago. Right. He had never heard of it because he's from the West Coast. And Linda, who lives up in uh, the New England states, she hadn't heard of Halushki. Our guest, Linda, from Balabusta Secret. And since it's an old family recipe, my grandma's Polish, and she's made it my entire life. I asked her for the recipe. Also because at the farmer's market, cabbage is in season. Yes. These big, beautiful heads of cabbage um, are in season. And I got the idea, I need to make Kuluski. Like, there's all this cabbage. I have to say, when they say heads of cabbage, I finally understand now. Listeners, I will post the picture of Darcy with this literally head of cabbage. The cabbage is the same size as her head. I've never seen a cabbage that big before. (laughs) I have a small head though. (laughs) Well, okay. So we should do a side-by-side with me in a cabbage and you in a cabbage. Maybe they're all that big. I just don't know. (laughs) I'm like that character from Beetlejuice, the one with the really tiny head on the body. Oh, okay. So it might not be a fair comparison, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I I love to plan my meals around what I find at the farmer's market each week. Yeah. So that's how I got the idea. I called my grand, but I was interested that when I posted the recipe on Facebook, how many people were like, oh my gosh, I need the recipe. It's like three ingredients. Oh yeah. Everybody was very intrigued by the recipe. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah. You know what? I did not grow up eating it. My mom is not from this area. My dad kind of is in the Southwestern PA area, but my dad's mom is not Polish or Slovak, I think is what um, Aaron always said. Her grandma is and always made halushki. So that just wasn't a family recipe growing up. It's maybe just been the past 10 years or so that I've been making it. I think I finally just was like, well, this seems easy enough to make. Let me just try it. But I think I was making it wrong. I wasn't making the traditional way. I think there's a lot of different ways to make it because I Googled it. Okay. And there's a lot of different varieties, but I just make it the way my grandma, who's 92, and Polish yes. makes it. And I've eaten it my entire life. Now, I never realized until recently, it's not a low-fat dish. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> you think this is cabbage. This is really healthy. Like cabbage is one of the more healthy vegetables you can eat. Like it's yes. a cruciferous vegetable, so good for you. But it's definitely a higher fat dish. I do sub out a lot of olive oil for the butter. I feel like that's a little bit healthier that way. Do you think? Still high fat though. I mean, it's just not a low fat dish. I'm not saying it's not healthy. Okay. So we should probably share the recipe then. Yeah, go ahead. So basically you said you're going to post the picture. I did about a half of a large head of cabbage. And she means large. (laughs) (laughs) Head size. (laughs) My family has always done it with more cabbage than noodles. I've had other people say they like majority noodles and less cabbage. So it's sort of a preference. Right. But the traditional way would be, I mean, we almost do like a two to one ratio with more cabbage. Yeah. So I slice up the cabbage. Mm -hmm. So slice it up into thin slices. There's a couple of varieties, but basically you're going to throw that into a large pan with, you can use regular butter. My family has always used a non-dairy butter, Mm -hmm. probably because of the high fat content. I use a brand called Earth Balance. Yeah, we have that. So I threw the cabbage in a large pan with the Earth Balance, sauteed it up for a few minutes to get it a little bit crispy. How much Earth Balance do you put in? Like the equivalent of a half a stick of butter or something or what? For starters. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For starters. But what my grandma's tip is, is then add a little bit more, kind of layer it in when you're steaming it. So then I put the lid on, turned it on low and I let it steam for a good long while. You want the cabbage to become really soft. Yes. When I steam Swiss chard or spinach, 
it, it's like minutes and it's done. It's very soft, but the cabbage yeah. takes a while. It's a very yes. sturdy vegetable. Yeah. So then, yeah, I'll open it up, definitely mix it up. You don't really want to brown it too much. Throw in a little bit more butter, cover it up, let it get nice and soft. And in the meantime, you're boiling your noodles. Mm-hmm. The traditional recipe calls for an egg noodle. Yes, that's what I always use. And I looked it up and the main difference that I can find is really just the shape. Like an, an egg yeah. noodle is like a flat, wide noodle. Right. So I did try that version and it was fine. My gran actually likes to use the bow tie pasta. Mm-hmm. She likes that for the texture. Yeah, I'm curious to try it with that. I've always just used the egg noodle for some reason. I tried it both ways. I tried it with the egg noodle and then I tried it with just a regular noodle that was like trumpet shaped. I can't remember the name of it. I think you might post that in the comments. Okay. It had a great texture to it. But once you boil those, set them aside. And when you feel that your cabbage is nice and soft, throw in the noodles, mix them up really good, get them all steamy together, mm-hmm. top with a generous amount of freshly ground black pepper if you have it. Okay. And voila. Do you salt yours or do you use the salt from the butter? I don't know if there's a lot of salt in the buttery spread. Yeah. I don't add additional salt to this recipe. Okay. No. I guess you could, but I, that wasn't on my grandma's list, so I didn't do it. Huh. That's interesting. Because I always use salt and pepper. And I also, I brown my cabbage a little bit too, because I don't do the steam way. I didn't realize that. I've just sauteed the cabbage, but I do onion with it. You told me that. And so I tried that way just yesterday. Yeah. I got some olive oil, sliced onions from my garden, mm-hmm. and then followed all of the other steps I just mentioned. And it was quite delicious. Yeah. Was the flavor much different? I'll be honest. I only took a couple of bites. My yeah. husband was going to play poker with his friends and he took the whole tray with him. Okay. I think onion makes everything better. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I wasn't sure if maybe the traditional way is just like a lot better. And I guess I've had it that way because I've eaten it at festivals and things like that and other people have made it. I just always assumed there were onion in it, I think. We get it over Lent from the church up the street. You can get yeah. you know, the fish fry and then they do the right. horsky. It's amazing, but it's sort of more like my grandma's version. I don't think there's onions in it. And then the other thing I wanted to say, because the very first time I made it, I did not end up with a lot of cabbage. I mean, I still prefer more cabbage to noodle ratio, but cabbage cooks down. It shrinks so much, I think, when it cooks. So I thought I had this huge amount of cabbage and then it was like, you know, it almost like halves itself as far as, you know, because it's pretty fluffy when you put it in the pan. Right. You want to fill up the entire large pan because it's really going to, what's the word? There's a technical word. Reduce? Is that it? I don't know if it reduces down to- Unless that's for stock. could be for stock. But it does, it gets smaller. Shrinks I don't up. Know. It shrinks yeah. up. And my grandma did give me that tip. She's like, don't be afraid to like put a lot of cabbage yes. in. And I remember this because I steam chard almost every day and I put, fill up an entire pan and it comes out like this tiny oh, yeah. little bit that right. I can. Yeah. Same with spinach. Right. Yeah. So it works the same way. And that's pretty much it. You can top it with some fresh herbs if you want. Yeah. Play around with it. Like now that I know the family recipe, I'm going to start to play around with it while cabbage is still in season. Yeah. And the other thing that's just a tip for Aaron, who maybe wants something easier to prepare, the one day we were at Trader Joe's and they had bags of like shredded cabbage, like that you would use for maybe coleslaw or something. I use that and it was like so quick and easy because you didn't have to cut the cabbage. When I make coleslaw around Thanksgiving, I always do get the bag. Yeah. It's pre-shredded. It's so easy and it's just as good. It's just that now that it's in season and it's local, I can't bring myself to buy a bag of something that I can get right down the street. So Right, exactly. It does take a little bit more time. But honestly, to cut it up into the chunks, because you're not cutting it up as fine as a coleslaw, it literally took me... 
a minute. No, I know. I think it's quick and easy to cut too. But like, I know Erin likes to just have something she can just maybe open the bag and stick in the pan. So she would probably really like, you know, yeah. using a step like Get that. Get the bag, saute it all up really nice, steam it, throw in the noodles, top it with pepper, maybe some herbs. Yeah. Throw in the onions if you want to try that variety. Yes. I love it with the onion. So yeah, you said about the farmer's market. Yes. You go every week and I have always wanted to be one of these people who goes to the farmer's market. But again, just like with the bird feeder, it's just something that I always think I'm going to do and I never do, except for that time that you and I had breakfast together and we ended up at a farmer's market because it was on your list of to-dos. And I'm like, well, I'll just join you. I remember that. And and it's so close to where you live. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. You really probably should. It's so much fun. My family goes, my mom and sister, they go weekly too, I believe. Do they really? Yes. I never see yeah. them there. I have never seen them yeah. there. I've seen other people I know there. But Jill, I remember when you came with me. There's one, my favorite vendor, Harvest Valley Farms. I've been going there forever, but the farmer, (laughs) I I don't know why, but he came over to us and I introduced him to you sort of out of the blue. Like I said, this is Jill's first time at the farmer's market. And he literally told her his like life story on the farm. Yeah. We learned all about it. Which was so cute. I'm like, (laughs) I'm the one that's here every week. Now she knows his whole life story about how the farm came to be. Right. I actually did see him yesterday. Oh yeah. And this is the first time this has happened. I went late because I had a hair appointment. And he came over and said, you're a very loyal customer. Oh, good. And he said, you're on Instagram too. And I'm like, yeah, I tag you sometimes. See, he's noticed that. Oh, good. I told my husband that story. And my husband was like, and, and I'm like, no, that's, that's the whole story. And he's like, yeah. wait, he, he didn't give you like a free head of lettuce. <laughs> he should have. <laughs> yeah. That would have been nice. Like, Hey lady, here's a carrot, you know, Hey lady, that's a uh, Lloyd's line. Right. Well, speaking of that though, actually, cause you know, you mentioned you're on Instagram and Darcy, Instagram is amazing. Instagram you can share. It's the Facebook that you can't. Like as Banter and Dish, some of the stuff she does, I want to share, but I always say to her, you're not a public figure, so I can't share it. (laughs) And so then like, it's the running joke. I'm like, well, you know, you're my favorite public figure. (laughs) What is it that you like to share the recipes or? Oh, I think it was right before Mother's Day when you were making those like nice herb gardens as gifts. And I thought this would be such a nice thing to share, but hey, you're not a public figure. So I think (laughs) I could share it on the Instagram. I couldn't share it on the Facebook. So Darcy is the best public figure who isn't really a public figure, guys. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) You're probably the only one who really appreciates my Instagram as much as I do. Well, I'm saying that the farmer did. He noticed that I tagged him and he noticed this girl comes every week. I mean, it could be raining and I am there like drenched. I have pictures of myself wet holding carrots and things like that. But you know what? Like it's only for a certain period of time. Right. The food is so fresh. It's no more expensive than the grocery store. It's way better And it's kind of fun to plan my meals around what I get at the farmer's market each week, like the halushki. Like if it weren't for the cabbage, we wouldn't be sharing this recipe today. Right. So I have to ask you, do you ever make your halushki in a cast iron skillet? Well, I've only recently started, but is that how you made yours? I have done it in the cast iron skillet. I usually do it in a different skillet though, just because it's larger. And like we've talked about, you need to put a lot of cabbage in because it reduces or whatever the term is. So I have, if I'm making a smaller amount, made it in a cast iron skillet because I 
think my largest cast iron skillet, I think is only eight or nine inches, which isn't really that big. I do have like you a three set, okay. the large, the medium and the small. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, mine is not handed down through the generations, which is yeah. really what you want a cast iron to be. Right. Cause it's very seasoned. It's very seasoned and it's, you know, an heirloom sort of. Right. Yeah. Mine was a gift from my mom for Christmas a year or two ago. I was um, taking Gordon Ramsay's master class and mm-hmm. he uses a cast iron. That's how I prepare my asparagus is in a cast iron. But not just like everything. What do you mean? For the most part, everything I make, I make in a cast iron skillet unless I need something bigger than the largest size then I get out my other skillet. No, I hadn't really thought of that. Hmm. Maybe I will pull it out more frequently. I definitely want to try the cast iron pizza because yes. that sounded amazing. Oh, it's so good. You have to try it. I have a tendency to use have you heard of Copper Chef products? No. They're copper and they're kind of nonstick. And I've gotten them as gifts from both my mom and my mother-in-law over the years in various sizes. Was that in the picture with the halushki? I think so, yes. That skillet almost looked like a very shallow wok. It's shaped like that. Yeah. It's really big. I have a couple of sizes, but that's a nice big one that can hold a lot of yeah. cabbage and then the noodles. That looked like a nice skillet. Yes. <laughs> I like a good skillet. How about you, listeners? Do you like a good skillet too? <laughs> and do you prefer a nonstick uh, copper chef or a cast iron? Yeah. Or both? Or Yeah, or some of each, depending. You know what was really annoying? What? I made this halushki last night. Yes. To send to Jordan to share with his guy friends. Yeah. And I said, please let them know this is all from the garden and the farmer's <laughs> market today. <laughs> do you guys care about that? I don't know. And he's like, okay. And I even texted him and he responded, okay. Okay. He came home last night and said they were like, Darcy posts all these pictures from her garden. Did you bring any produce for us? Oh. And his answer was no. But he didn't say the recipe has the fresh... I asked him that. No, he didn't. (gasps) Did you tell them Darcy created this dish for you from her garden so you can eat it ready-made? No. No, he neglected to share that piece of trivia. Uh, Can you believe that? I can't, especially when they asked. It's not like he just forgot to say it. (laughs) They prompted him. He dropped the ball. But they don't know. Like, that could have been a store-bought Holoski for all they know, right? Right. What a mess. Tag them all in the post and say, hey, guys, I hope you like the Holoski that I made with garden fresh vegetables. And fresh from the farmer's market cabbage. Yeah. You know, I did that on purpose, but no, I did not send any cucumbers or tomatoes, honestly, because I was kind of rushed. Like I was making it really quick. He was leaving in an hour. So that cabbage was from that farm at the farmer's market? Harvest Valley Farms. That's my favorite vendor. But I try to go to all of the different vendors. Some of them have different things. Yeah. I remember the apples. Yeah. Did you ever make the apple pie? I never made the apple pie. I'm so bad with baking. Yeah. Well, you said every week you would buy apples with the intention of making pie. Did I really? Yes, that's what you said. That is so sad. We have a neighbor that produces beautiful, the best blueberries I've ever eaten. They're organic (sighs) and he sells them for $7 a pint, but it's a big, big pint. And they're, oh, it's worth it. They're huge. They're plump. They're so sweet, not tart at all. And I'm always like, this would go great in a pie. Yes. And it ends there. (laughs) One of my favorite pies is peach and blueberry together. It's so good. Jill, 
you really should make that for the listeners. I will. Because peaches and blueberries are in season right now. Can we get some of the blueberries from your neighbor? I'll pay the $7 to get a pint of blueberries. Does he still have them or is it over? That was a few weeks ago. So we'll have to have Jordan check with him. If you can get those, I will make that as an upcoming dish. I will follow up on that. Okay. So next week I am actually going to have Lauren on as a guest host. You might remember Lauren from Candid Cupid Conversation. She is going to make s'mores cookies from Tasty. Yum. Yes. And I have to say, I had a game night with Lauren and a couple friends recently, and she made these cookies. They're really good. So I'm guessing it's like a graham cracker, (laughs) a chocolate and a marshmallow cookie. It's like a s'mores in a cookie. Yeah. We love s'mores. And that's the kind of cookie you want to eat in the summer. Like you think about s'mores more in the summer, early fall. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. Maybe I will actually bake. I can't make any promises, but maybe I will. Yeah, I want to taste that pie. The blueberry peach that you're going to make and (laughs) share with me? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that one. (laughs) Okay, I will research to see if our neighbor has any more blueberries and get back to you. Yes, yes. All right. Well, thank you, Darcy, for coming on as a guest host. It's been my pleasure. Yeah, it was great having you. Thank you all for listening to Banter and Dish Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please like, rate, review, and subscribe, and probably most importantly, tell someone about us who you think might enjoy the podcast too. And don't forget to vote for us in the City Papers Best of Pittsburgh Readers poll too. For sure. And please follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram. So stay tuned and stay safe. And wherever life may take you this week, try to add a hint of humor and a dash of delight. Do you think that I explained the dish well enough? I think so. It's cabbage, boiled, you know, (laughs) it's like the easiest dish ever. Yeah. But I'll also elaborate a little bit on it now. Like, okay, like you do, like, I don't have this ingredient. I'll use this. And I feel more comfortable doing that. You don't have to follow the recipe. That's what cooking is, I think. Just picking and choosing what you want to do. And that's sort of the... Not to be cheesy, but like the joy of cooking. Yes. You're confident. (laughs) That is. You're confident enough to say, oh, crap, I'm out of this. I'm going to use this. Yeah. (laughs) Or in my case, it's usually like, oh, great. My mayonnaise is expired. What can I use to substitute? (laughs) Or make your own homemade mayonnaise really quick. I pickle my onions. Darcy, pickle your onions. (laughs) You could do that with all your onions. Why are you laughing? Did I say something obscene? You caught me off guard. Pickle your onions, Darcy. Pickle those onions, girl. Pickle the damn onions. Pickle the damn onions. (laughs)